Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello again, this is Talk Cosmos, and I'm Sue Rose Minahan, your founding host and astrologer, and today is October 9, and we're going to use a transit, several transits, it's a powerful time. The one we're heralding is towards the end of the month in a couple of weeks, but we're feeling it, it's the eclipse, it happens four times a year, there's two with the solar, where the moon blocks the sun's view and that's the first one that we're dealing with and then there'll be a lunar one two weeks later this one will be in scorpio it's at two degrees in scorpio it'll be october 25th it's a time because it does also connect with well we'll discuss what it is later but we're going to include a couple of other transits because again venus is making one of its five Venus star points. It's a hundred year cycle and it replaces one that it had been using and it rotates backwards. So instead of Scorpio, it'll be in Libra and that begins on the 22nd. Then after the eclipse, Mars in Gemini, which will be in Gemini for seven months. Usually it's only about two, three months, it's a, two months or even shorter. But when it goes retrograde, it stays in that illustrious sign of communication of many things. So we may touch on that too. But today has to do about a natal transit reading. Also, after a half hour, we'll bring on our guest and we'll talk to her about how we looked at her chart and get her feedback. We thank everybody for your support and your interest and if you want, well, there'll be an invitation, but always, if you want to be included, just go to Talk Cosmos. There's a form. It's really easy now. I am ready for Kaleidoscope Visions. Learning about current transits and exploring soul growth cosmic conscious energies applied to natal transit chart readings provided from the audience. This is your Kaleidoscope Visions panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. I'm Amanda Pierce, a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new realities and shifting old paradigms. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, you are the entire ocean in a drop. Yes, hello Amanda. Hello, happy to be here with you Sue. Yes, I am too, always. I had not mentioned, but the title, kind of the encapsulating title, is A Deep Metamorphosis. You know, this chart, the one, well, today's chart even, maybe we should just start looking at today's chart, if we sure. can bring on the, the charts there. 
Uh, yeah. And it, it ha well, actually, here, I'm going to flip around a little bit. But uh, today's chart, we will see that we have Saturn, this, that is in a tension and has been all last year and this year. And it's within 12 days of the same degree, fixed degree of old and new, old and new. So in, it's going between our past and our present. So I, I'm throwing together a bunch of ideas here right off the bat, but it's what we call squaring the nodes. And it's... Right. Yeah. So we've been, you know, there's been a lot of talk um, this year about Uranus conjunct the North Node. Um, but Saturn at the same time has been squaring the nodes. And so this is... Um, a journey for all of us collectively to move forward into more of our authority into what is right for us kind of moving beyond the socially acceptable norms of things and and really stepping into what is is absolutely correct for us i love that phrase that you said our own authority, because I think of it as our own accountability, which involves it, and our own authenticity. A lot of the A words, it's amazing how certain times a word connotes with the same letter. I mean, in this sense, authority, very important for Saturn. And on new grounds, I mean, with the North Node, and I'm keeping this particular event out because that's today, and yet it's the whole climate that starts this experience and uh, I will by bringing up yeah about authority and authenticity let's go back for a moment because these are the events that we're discussing the first 12 days which we're beginning these two titans they are titans in mythology are square at a fixed degree, 18 degrees, so anywhere five degrees within that, anybody's chart, Leo, Aquarius, Taurus, and Scorpio. I'm missing. Who am I missing? Nobody, I hope. Uh, no, I think you got them all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yesterday, Pluto, our transformer, decided, okay, we're going to try to reboot and change, transform what directly. Instead of looking at the past, we'll go forward. And so we'll also bring up the trine. I mean, I think this has significance because on the 18th, just to mention that Venus, because Venus is going to have a new Venus star point on the 22nd, which is a 100-year cycle, you know, replacing Scorpio. It's a whole feature of itself. But just to make that note that as a backdrop, It'll be one of the five points that we're recognizing how our heart's desire is connected with our sun. But on the 18th, Venus and Mars are going to trine, meaning it seems to me that their energies are trying to check with each other, saying, well, where are you at? Where are each one? You know, it seems. Yeah, I well, I really like it because it's um, it's a harmonizing between the ruler of the North Node and the traditional ruler of the South Node. And so this is like kind of showing us all how these two energies can work together and move us more towards um, the Venus North Node. 
Oh, Amanda, I thank you because yes, Mars, just to bring up to folks, is the traditional ruler of Scorpio. And Pluto, of course, since 1930 has been designated the modern ruler, which has great appropriateness. And the south node in Scorpio, of course, and that's where this lunar eclipse lives at 2.2 degrees, is all about releasing. So we will be bringing up the Venus star point at and then, okay, these are the dates. And for the people that are not on YouTube, so it'll be October 22nd, Saturn turns direct the same day that this Venus star point at 29 degrees Libra begins. And at that same time, I want to add that the dwarf planet Haumea of rebirth, the Hawaiian goddess, is also at 29 degrees. And the power of that has a strange little figure that will show up on some of the slides, is that this rebirth energy is a long cycle of 500 and some years of Haumea. And on November 12th, she goes into Scorpio. So it will be, um, it, it has some significance. All right. Go ahead if you had a comment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so Sue, if you could just go back to that slide. Um, okay. I just yes. wanted to note, this is the kind of evolution of Venus that we've got going here. So October 18th, we're getting like a little snippet of how these this Venus Mars can work together. And this is important because we're moving into some pretty intense energies with the eclipse. And so we want to like remember what this feels like. And even if we don't consciously remember our, our subconscious energetic fields, understand it. And then we've got October 22nd, like you mentioned, the Venus star point change. Also on that day, Venus is Kazemi with the sun. And this is a, a big moment for Venus. Um, in ancient times, it was, it was said that a planet who's, that is Kazemi to the sun is a man who is raised up to sit beside the king. So it's like Venus is giving, being given the power of the throne and there's like a rebirth happening there can be some burning off of karmic debt here. And um, just to note that Kazemi means that um, a planet is within 17 minutes. So we've got 60 minutes within each degree. So 17 minutes um, within a conjunction of, of the sun. Now, some people do say that Kazemi can go up to anything it's within one degree. And if that's the case, then Venus will be Kazemi, the sun, during the eclipse. But we'll look at that later. Good point. And I agree. This is so strong that our desires and what we love is tracking these different experiences. And because here, by entering in the solar eclipse, when Venus conjuncts this solar eclipse... She's really going under, underground, under underworld, into the underworld with Pluto and with Scorpio as the ancient Inanna of Mesopotamia that Venus is has its heritage with as far as the mythology. And in our world, we've kind of classified her in other more simplified terms. But this isn't the truth. You look at love, it has great passion. It has a warrior sense of wanting to declare 
and defend in a sense of its of what it wants to attract and what it loves. So at any rate, it's powerful. I love that, Sue. And it's it's kind of like Venus in Scorpio. She's in Mars's sign. So she is the the goddess warrior. Yeah. Okay. So we will go on. Here we have the Venus star point. And this is on October 22nd. And in Eastern time, we're in the United States. And so we're using the Washington uh, time for the East Coast. Is that in the evening at 5.17, that's 5 o'clock, 17 minutes, 15 seconds to be exact. And so in this particular chart, it's in the seventh house, this Venus star point. And as you can see, it has both, and, and it is Kazemi, as you say, it's within two minutes. Haumea, this great goddess, the dwarf planet of uh, way out past Pluto in that Kuiper belt of rebirth and, you know, of Hawaii. It's a whole <coughs> energy to realize that she created Pele. And uh, and many and all creation from her and creation is a very it takes a lot of energy to create so just thinking of that we're in a big transition form so and I'm not sure that kind of signifies that should we go on to the eclipse yeah let's do it <laughs> okay here we are two degrees Scorpio solar eclipse with the sun moon and Venus conjunct and to recognize it is I would say within that degree so I, I like many people extend that to be a Kazemi very close yeah it's about 40 minutes the sun mm -hmm. um, is conjunct Venus and yeah. for the eastern time it's at 6 49 a.m eastern time on october 25th so and it is within 15 degrees i mean it's just within 11 degrees of the of the south node so it's all of this is shedding light i mean shedding shadow going into that what have we loved that is no longer serving the story that is giving us power with our committed attractions, with our with our resources. How can we, because the North Node is saying there's change. You need to be authentic. You need to be more resilient of your own resources. Yeah, the, so the North Node in Taurus, conjunct Uranus, is... It's all about kind of stepping out of what is comfortable for you, but it just is not serving you anymore so that you can more deeply um, kind of embody yourself and be in an embodied state in, in this plane. So kind of grounding into your life, really feeling things more deeply, more sent more of a sensory experience and you know like you said um taurus is also about it's venus ruled so it's about your values too it is it's aligning courageous choices supporting our purpose 
and the deepest values and security is it's big work and yet it's not all done in a day it seems like if one has a ritual with scorpio too it's i think because it has the occult and it's 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 psychological but it's also our spiritual you know it has uh if if one has a meditation or a some kind of a ritual of going within to, to find what. Yeah, it's, I mean, Scorpio is great at doing the research. And so you can really dive deep with Scorpio and kind of really explore what your emotional state is, what your state, the state of your relationships are, because this is the way I'm seeing it. This is really all about relationships. Venus um, rules three signs associated with relationships. Taurus, which is about your relationship with yourself. Libra, your relationship with others. And Pisces, your relationship with source or the greater universe. And so all of these relationships are up. And we want to kind of evaluate like, where is there um, dead weight in your life? Because Scorpio rules death. So what's mm -hmm. dead and needs to be released? Um and what relationship dynamics can you let go of that will lead to greater empowerment for yourself? Empowerment yeah. is another Scorpio piece. To conclude with this chart, and so we can get to the guest chart, I'm recognizing that Pluto is at our very source, at the IC, at our foundational. So it's really recognizing where in our foundation might there be change that we're needing to make and the other thing is is looking at jupiter i believe if i can find jupiter really fast where in the heck is jupiter do you see it oh yes um, they're in the sixth house it's at the aries point because J jupiter's been doing a retrograde it will be passing over that aries that beginning point for all of us with our belief patterns with our opinions with our greater higher belief patterns. I mean, I'm repeating belief in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. and, and it's, it's important to note that Jupiter is still retrograde. So there's going to be a desire to like really jump forward into things, but we're not quite there yet. Um, eclipses typically, um, you want to look for them to kind of um, proceed and evolve in the next three to six months. And, um, and I'm not sure when, Jupiter goes forward back to the Aries point. Um, well, we can figure that out another time. Yeah, because we do need to move along. And I thank you very much. It, it is where, okay. December 20th. That's okay. when it, oh, it is forward move. Yeah, Ooh. it's not that far. It's just like about two plus months away. And so we'll still be in that, the thick of the, the eclipse and its energies but there may be more movement possible at that point. Because it does want to initiate. It's our, really our initiation re-key button. And it's ruled by Mars. Mars in this retrograde that here we are is in Gemini. It's very diverse. It's going to ask for a lot. It's in one way, a lot of this is not to put so much on ourselves. Our business is to have the greater intention and do the meditation because life will support how we feel. Venus reminds us it's about feeling. 
It's not just the intellectual journey. And so how we feel and understanding truly how we feel is going to bring and attract to us. And there's going to be uncertainty because Uranus is part of the picture and all of that. So here we have, and then we'll flip, we want to go immediately to this person's chart. Mars is in Gemini for seven months from the 20th of August to the 25th of March. And the re retrograde will be just as you said, it's going to be back to Pisces October 28th, which was just, it'll be just a few days prior to this retrograde until December 28th, if I have that right, I hope. Okay, so here we have this natal chart with this person and born June 15, 1989 at 7.33 p.m. in Philadelphia. Her son is at 24 Gemini, and it's conjunct Jupiter, which is the ruler of the Ascendant at 13 degrees in the seventh house. And the moon is in Scorpio in the 11th house, conjunct Pluto, the Transformer, in its own sign, the modern you know, ruler of the modern modern sign. So the other aspects are that Saturn is in the first house at a Kazemi point with Neptune, which often I've been told is the pragmatic mystic. It's someone that takes the mysticism of life and puts real form to it and sees the discipline and has possibly a real discipline involved. The other feature of this individual is that Ceres, the dwarf planet Ceres of grief and of, 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 of finding what sustains supporting that grief through their own service to others is intention with her nodal access. So there's a great deal of compassion, very likely that this person has, and maybe healing. I wonder how she, her path of healing, of being a healer, of finding that, that area that she knows so well and applying it to a community. There's a lot of commune, community transformative energy in her chart. Yeah. And series is, it's, um, has a lot to do with nurturing and a lot to do with loss. And so wherever we have series in our chart, it's where we feel a great loss that we're trying to recover. And anything that squares the nodes is, kind of a blocker to getting the flow going from the um to moving toward more towards the north node until we kind of get that piece figured out so it's a so it's a big deal in in um in this chart yeah and i think too there's a lot to be involved with the community whether it's on an immediate basis of teaching or I'm thinking like the North Node's in the third house in this chart, and also the transformative Pluto's in the 11th of, of, of networking. But there's also possibly something about early childhood. And I, I realize 
I'm not asking her to be too personal about however she wants to reveal what is, but about the mother too. So she herself might be the mother figure for her community, a parental type figure, father, mother type, that in order to supplant that potential loss that was, however it may have been experienced. Well, do we want to take a look at her chart with the eclipse chart? Absolutely. Here it is. So, oh, that's with the Venus one. At, at immediately here, Mars, for the Venus Libra coming up where Venus, where in the values with the sun in Libra for justice, balancing and justice and is so strong. Mars is energizing within a degree over her sun because Mars is going to, in its retrograde, is going directly over this sun three times. So it's a lot of, of, of adjustment there. And then two, um, her transiting, transiting uh, Jupiter at the Aries point is directly on her Haumea of zero degrees Aries, which perhaps she's not aware of because not everybody looks at the dwarf planets. But rebirth is probably her middle name in some ways. We just, should we go now to the – and there's a – oh, yeah. there's so much. Okay, we will. Here we are. In this eclipse, which is right directly in the 11th house, in her natal 11th house, and it is at two degrees – but what's most important is her moon is, and Pluto are conjunct the south node. So there's a tremendous amount of recalibration and deep metamorphosis. Yeah. So so an eclipse always brings um, very intense energies, and it and so these energies are going to be focused um, within the eleventh house and the fifth house. And, um, and you can see she's got that, she's got Pluto in the 11th and Pluto in the 11th, usually there's, um, there's like a, a past life resonance of being abandoned by the group. So group stuff is, is kind of big here. And, um, and I'm curious to see how that's playing out for her, um, as well, uh, We've got, because the solar eclipse is at two degrees, it is in a very tight quincunx with her Mercury. Oh, so there's a lot of communication, thinking, and deep research into her own soul. Yeah, and it's, um, Mercury is also square the notes. Now, it's out of sign because Mercury is at two degrees Gemini and her nodes are 28 Aquarius and Leo, but it's still there. It's still within the realm. It's just going to be a little bit of a different flavor, but there's a piece here about um, communication and maybe um, stepping into her voice in a, a deeper way. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how this has been playing out. Um, she's got a, a Gemini, Sun conjunct Jupiter, um, and Jupiter rules her ascendant. So, you know, the, there's a lot of really good Jupiter or really good G 
Gemini energy here. Um, well, Jupiter, I might say, Sagittarius needs to have a voice. It yeah. needs to express a voice. Finding that context could be really the gift of this eclipse that's honing down, saying, let's find out where the blocks are that because they're emotional. Scorpio is very emotional. And we all have, I have my Pluto in the 11th also. And I'm just thinking the mere fact that she happened to find this opportunity to come onto this show, which is a sense of networking is online. It's all these aspects is, is a start. And, uh, and also that, let's see, the fact that Jupiter, and it doesn't show here, but is Again, exactly at zero degrees, which is on that Hamea, her natal Hamea there on the third house. So the Mercury that you were talking about is a natal Mercury for folks. It's in the sixth house at two degrees, which is very powerful. So and a quincunx can I was just reading Maurice Fernandez made a a note, who's one of the great astrology uh, sages of that teaches a great deal. And I personally had the pleasure of having his class which is a two-year program and he was just saying that he loves quincunxes that they bring out relationships that he'd never even considered if i oh that's interesting grab that which is fascinating because i have a yod if you have the it can create that finger of god well we have a moment here we're really at the half hour should we go directly i'll go to the next one before we take break for a moment this is the Mars retrograde, which is only a few days later. It happens on October 30th, just after the 25th, when that Mars will go retrograde. And as you can see, Mars mostly is really all throughout this whole month because it's so it slows down when it begin when it goes apparent retrograde from our view from Earth, is really hovering next to her sun. So this has been a long, engaging, it's like can I just go? How much input can I take? How to not even to sift out. It's not asking really to be too discerning, although her natal Mercury in the sixth house wants to, but it's accruing input. It's finding, you know, putting it all very strong. Yeah. And Mars is, so this chart is a, um, it is a day chart, meaning that the sun is above the horizon at birth. And so that, in the traditional view, means that Mars is um, hermalific. So that means that a Mars transit is more challenging um, than it is for a night chart. So I'm curious to see, has this been challenging? Um, have, has stuff been coming up for her? Or is it, it could also be very empowering because yes. Mars is can bring like a lot of courage. And we've got, yes. this is in the, the sign of Gemini, which that Mercury we just talked about, you know, square the nodes. So there could yes. be a piece here about like really just like speaking your piece around I things. I think so, because the last comment is the natal Mars is in Cancer at the very last degree of Cancer. And Cancer, Mars and Cancer is so dramatically different than Mars and Gemini. Mars and Cancer is more apt to be needing security. And, and Cancer needs its own 
processing is very valuable. The flower blooms when it blooms. And with all this tremendous ability to be a, a, a shifter, a, a, a shapeshifter of, of society, of some kind of group, and having this voice within her, it seems that possibly this Mars is a very, and it's all relative because I think it's more deliberate. It's just like, it's saying, we're not going to be in the shadows. We're going to come out and say to you this energy. So yes, the courage. Yeah. Okay. Well, Thank you. Okay. Go ahead. We need okay. to break. One last thing. <laughs> so just to like play off of that Mars and cancer, cancer is uh, the crab and the crab, when it walks, it doesn't walk straight forward. Mm. It yes. goes side to side. And that's kind of the energy of cancer. Like when it is communicating, it's not always straightforward. And so this Mars transit may be um, kind of bringing forward more of that direct communication. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going. Yeah, because <laughs> I can see that in her natal chart, the old and the new rulers of Scorpio are at tension. Speaking of old and new. So it's like, Many, many past lives, possibly. I know that from my own experience, I'm dealing with past lives, like really recalibrating. And when one experiences that, it's not evident at first. It's through time that finally one is aware of patterns and realities. So thank you, Amanda Pierce. Thank you, audience. Kaleidoscope Visions will be right back. This is October 9th, and we will be grateful to have our guests join us. Thank you. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Libra, ruled duly by Venus. By leaving the lower hemisphere of the self, the energy of Libra enters the arena where the completed self meets the other-than-self to form a relationship based on partnership. As a cardinal air sign on the descendant angle, represented by the equinox of equal light, Libra's energy learns through comparison and relationships, with the intention to integrate duality and polarities. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, October 16th, it's Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me and talk with your human or animal loved ones on this side or the other and personal awareness coaching with Natasha Venter. Hope you can join us and plan to call in with your questions for either one of us or for a personal awareness reading with Natasha. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. 
Talk Cosmos is celebrating its sixth season and has a special gift for everyone listening to the show, a free mini transit reading from your natal chart. This reading can help you discover your life path forward and make you aware of current opportunities and challenges. Talk Cosmos Kaleidoscope Visions panel invites you to participate in this learning experience and to interact with the astrologers reading your chart in 2023 during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show. Schedule your mini transit reading and find more information about the panel at talkcosmos.com. We look forward to connecting with you for a free natal chart mini transit reading during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show at 1 p.m. Pacific on Talk Cosmos. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, let's see. Which chart shall I go back to? Let's go back to... Let's go to the eclipse. Okay. Oops. There we are. Okay, let's bring on our guest. Wonderful. Hello. Oh, hi. How are you today? I'm well. Thank you. Thank you for this participation. And I suppose we just need to invite you to comment either on on the changes, like for instance, with networking or with deep personal changes and any other yeah. Did anything resonate? Are we totally off course with this? <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I'll start by I don't I I know near nearly nothing about astrology. A friend of mine kind of like okay does Ori astrology um, put me onto this. Um, so I was trying my best to take some notes. <laughs> yeah, we probably went a bit fast, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is when I talk to her too. So. Um, but yeah. but yeah, I mean, a lot has been changing um, in my life. I mean, I'm in grad school. I'm on my last year studying acupuncture. Um, so what you guys were saying about uh, healing and stuff like that is pretty, pretty on point. Um, oh, man, we might have to go through questions. Okay, yeah, Thank so... You. Where do we where do we start, Sue? Did you want to? Okay, no, excellent. I, I wanted to confirm. I'm very glad actually to recognize that that Mercury, you're, as we call the the energy of thinking and and communicating, but it's in in that area of health, and mm-hmm. so we'll really try to talk more general than astrologically, which I appreciate, which is always the and it has a lot to do about nurturing, as we were saying, but it's a it's being activated. Do you find that you're wanting to make choices that are you thinking of your holistic? If you're when I say holistic, I meant your ego, your whole like here your direction has been going towards school, but something about relationships, but mm-hmm. that you're looking for greater activity. Sure. I think previous to this, I mean, previous to the pandemic and then enrolling in this program, I think my life was really guided by like socializing. Um, I worked jobs that allowed me to kind of have freedom in that way. And I was in, I was into 
making music with people as a singer um, and was kind of maybe too hung up on social groups um, in a way that maybe had kept me from building other aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. And when the pandemic started, I had just started seeing somebody who now I'm engaged to. So, Congrats. <laughs> thank you. So like that, all of those things going into school and acupuncture, honestly, there's so, acupuncture, Chinese medicine and astrology, I feel like have a lot in common and how deep and deep they go um how many ways you can explore it and so although it's like a very clinical you you also said something about um a pragmatic mystic I literally started laughing because that feels very much like what I'm doing right now you know very scientific way of looking at the spirit the body and the universe at the same time and treating people in a very pragmatic way on all those levels. So um, where the hell was I going? <laughs> That's okay. It's, it's it diversity. I, I must say that the energies right now and we will be encountering are diverse. And we say mm-hmm. that because Mars, which is the energizer, just to give a little clarity about how is our activator and it's in the sign of diversity of connections connections is basically Mm -hmm. it so um and in your chart yeah so and i could anyway so so can i ask um it looks like you're probably a pretty nurturing type of person is that is that accurate i think i can be like it it comes across in certain ways i think sometimes i can act very um, maybe harshly toward people or aggressively, but that's also kind of just because I'm a Philadelphian and that's cultural. Um, But when people need me, I'm like, I'm really open to listening. It's also why I've been good at connecting with so many people in my life. And in this career, it's, it's definitely becoming even more um, obvious to me that it's a natural gift of mine. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, go ahead, Amanda. But I wanted to say that about the harshness, I understand what you're saying, but there is a line between, because I'm looking at the chart and, and I will say the your direction in the first house, which is represents ourself. There's a great deal of energy. You have a great deal of planets. We all, any house, any area can have a lot of energy. But yours is motivated, one could say, first by your opinions and your belief structures, patterns, making them. But it's also grounded through wanting form and stability. When I said the pragmatic uh, mystic, that is one of the forces. But it's also wanting in the Capricorn, it can be first looking at factual substance rather than and. Putting it, putting the emotional aside, so that could be what you're interpreting within you. Whereas you're actually, you have a great deal of emotional depth. It could be a matter of 
of being able to feel safe to reveal it. So having a context that you're able to provide to people, you know, of this healing modality, perhaps you'll feel more empowered to reveal that depth of emotion. I think like you are so on point. I don't even know if I would have been able to say that about myself, but that's so true. I think when I'm not able to be nurturing, it's because I don't necessarily feel seen or safe in a relationship or yeah. you know, I don't feel good enough to be in it or whatever the reason, or I'm overpowered and I don't feel like my opinion would be heard. You know, maybe that's why. Oh, oh, you just said it. You're, yeah, you're afraid that your opinion won't be heard. So this goes back to that Mercury piece that we were talking about, which is communication. It's your voice. And it's, and we were mentioning that squaring the notes. So this is a piece to, um, that you'll be working through, like for your whole lifetime, anything square the notes. I mean, your whole chart, you're working at your whole lifetime, right? There's no, like, <laughs> you don't like fix it. No and then, oh, I'm done. Um, but the Mercury piece, the Mercury and the series right next to it um, is about kind of series is about that a deep loss and conjunct Mercury. It's it can be a deep loss of your voice. And so this is something that you're going to kind of see some things going through in your life. And this eclipse is um, is connecting directly to that Mercury. So it's going to bring a lot of energy to it. And it's good to be aware of that, that piece and kind of look to ways that you can't in just in little instances, just in like conversations with friends or your partner, um, ways that you can kind of voice your needs a little bit more because you do have two dynamics here in your chart. You've got, you do have that gruff exterior or it, it can be where we've got an ascendant, which is like how you present yourself to the world in Sagittarius, which is like a big kind of boisterous energy. And then um, the sun in Gemini conjunct Jupiter in Gemini, which can be super chatty, um, but not, not necessarily very feeling, but then you've got a lot of feeling stuff going on in your chart, your moon, yeah, go ahead, Sue. Now, I have some clues here because this is true. I'm glad to see the dichotomy. And it's true in a social environment. It's so easy to connect. Gemini, I'm a Gemini. We need to connect. It's just part of life. And But it's how and choosing. It's almost like choosing your battles. We can compartmentalize, not with the idea of separation, but focus Focus is very important. Your moon is very focused. It's a Scorpio moon. It's conjunct Pluto. It wants depth. And to get to the broad arena of life or even on a casual basis is difficult. It's going to require you, like, first you have this vocation of acupuncture, but you also could, in order to have that safety gauge, you could choose, like, with Sagittarius, it's publishing a blog, for instance, have that using that. It's a careful process, but using that meditation, that deep uh, discovering ways to, to go within and find ways that you could reveal or 
share with other people so to help them empower themselves too is 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 um is is a part of this process so in other words whether it's writing or whether it's a class but well finding something very uh go ahead and sometimes like when you're when you're a practitioner and you're one-on-one with a, a client even if it's um acupuncture you can you can have those conversations and you can go to deep places. So that may be an avenue for you if that, if that feels right to you. Mm-hmm. Um, also the Scorpio, um, a lot of emotional depth, but it loves also to research. So doing deep research that can then help others um, in your field. So yeah, that all just kind of, out for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Different ideas here. Um, yeah. Researching is good. That, it's because that Mercury is in the, sixth house and so it wants to find and it's on a daily basis but i really think rather than because sometimes i feel like if i didn't have top cosmos it would be like russian roulette i'd just be searching for people that would be fascinated to discuss what i feel so deeply about and learning from them what they know but that begins to become a very uh superficial because it's Russian roulette. You don't know where you're connecting. Whereas if you take the authority, that that Saturn of forming your focus into what you want to convey, I mean, be, be, along with, like Amanda's saying, it, this great avenue of using the the service of connecting with people more freely as you get clientele, but expanding on how you can maybe service that clientele and perhaps networking with other schools or other acupunctures. I know that in Seattle, there there are a few schools there. And there's also nationwide acupuncturists. And there's many types of acupuncture. Oh, yeah. There's Chinese and there's Japanese. And I've had quite a bit myself. And there's so much for people there's many avenues. I think as you explore deeper, you'll find that your voice will be recognized and heard. It's just you choosing the avenue. Oh, hi, there you are. Hi, hello. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize. I felt bad staying off camera. I just had to <laughs> situate myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's okay. Usually we don't always have people on live, but thank you. So, well, and go just ahead. going back to like what we were saying, um, before we even started looking at your chart, just about this eclipse in general is kind of look to, um, to areas where there's dead weight that just, it's just not working anymore. And so there's, so that it can be released. And in doing that, um, you'll be able to bring in more of the good stuff that you want. And that's, and in doing that, it may be that you'll need to speak something because it's directly connecting to your Mercury. And so it just, you'll see how it goes. It'll be like a three to six month process. Um, it's it's worth kind of evaluating um, where your relationships are or where your values are and what's kind of just ready to be released. It's interesting. I feel like there's been a, a lot of that's been happening. Um, 
what I've been caught on recently is a lot of, I don't want to say dead weight, but there's just been a lot of change in, in how I, who I'm choosing to be around and like what I have time for. But I do notice that there's a lot of patterns that really only have to do with me, like um, in terms of some health stuff, in terms of just like my time, like I'm fully addicted to television. I want to be doing other things and I have a really hard time like moving, moving forward from that stuff. We have three minutes. When you bring that up about the television, I'm thinking Pisces. You know, Pisces is partly television. It's partly, and it's Aquarius too. It's connecting. Maybe if you find some online communities that Mm -hmm. share your interest, you can shift that a little bit, and then you can learn how to kind of like a muscle test your uh your voice. And sometimes it's like, we need to clear out old energy that doesn't even seem to be connected to what we're, where we're stuck because this is, so again, we've got the Uranus in Taurus, which Uranus wants to break free. And Taurus is where we're kind of stuck and comfortable. And that's TV. It's almost like, it feels like, um, feels like going back to the womb right? There's just like that comfort. And it's familiarity. I yes, know that yes. for myself, there's certain things. It's like there are people. And I, like I was watching Outlander and I was like, well, where are they? They haven't come yeah. up with the seventh series yet, you know? And I'm yeah. read the book. So is this cool. is like part of that. It's just like, do what you can to, to shift what is ready to be shifted and released. Yeah, open up. It's like layers. True. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. replacing on a slow basis. It's not like, okay, I'm aborting this. But taking some kind of practice too, like you're doing the acupuncture, but if you can find a spiritual practice, whether it's meditating, whether it's writing pages, I know that's one, like writing three pages, uh, um, the the artist's way is- oh, like in the morning, yeah. I, I'm yeah. familiar with that, yeah. Yeah, or anytime. I would, I would also recommend um, kind of Googling your Chiron and Cancer. Because okay. you've got Chiron in Cancer, you've got Venus in Cancer, you've got Mars in Cancer. And Chiron oh, yeah. in Cancer is that there is a mother connection there. And there's like deep. this deep wounding around having not having the womb anymore. So it's something to that might spark something for you. Yeah, to rejoice in the questions there. Blessings to you. And thank you for bringing coming on so much. And if you have anybody else, it's really simple. Just go online. But we really wish you all the very, very best. And thank you. Congratulations going to school and your impending marriage. Yay. Yay. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Yes, okay. Well, Amanda, this was once again delightful. And it seems like I must part. <laughs> yes, I know. It, it always goes by so quickly. And I only feel like we were able to talk about a fraction of what we want to. Well, we did cover, I think, some substantial. It, there's many good takeaways. And I think for all of us, it's that nurturing our metamorphosis of, of looking at ourselves. I know that pretty moment. Yep, there we go. <laughs> See you. 
Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 